Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Silicon Valley Bank. Hello, everybody, again. It's Frank Gruber. It's the Startup of Your Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're here again, and it's 2020. Can you believe it? Feels like just yesterday we're thinking about all the ramifications of Y2K and what that would look like, and now here we are 20 years later already. Can you believe it? I can't. Today, we've got a special episode. We're going to be looking back at uh, some of the best episodes from 2019, specifically some of the la- uh, most interesting conversations we had with investors. We had three great investors uh, share their information and, and knowledge and, and thoughts about various topics, many very interesting uh, topics that startups would care about. So we've got Mark Cuban. He's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's one of the main sharks on Shark Tank uh, and a big-time investor. We've got Tim Draper, the founder of Drapers and Associates and Draper University. He's the inventor of viral marketing. He's, he's an author. Uh, he's an early investor in Skype, Twitch, SpaceX, um, and a number of others. And uh, we've got Steve Case. He's the AOL founder, and uh, he's got a fund called Revolution, as well as Rise of the Rest, where his overall mis- mission is really catalyzing startups and entrepreneurs everywhere, not just the coast. So we're going to listen to these three great conversations we had earlier this year, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. But uh, before we do... Uh, I want to definitely thank uh, one of our partners for the year here on the podcast, Silicon Valley Bank. Let's hear a little bit more about Silicon Valley Bank. Today's episode of the Startup of the Year podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. And, you know, the, the team at Established, we've been building startup communities for 13 years. And Silicon Valley Bank consistently shows up, adds value, supports startups, and supports their clients. They're more than just bankers. You know, they're mentors, they're advisors, they're super connectors. And we love having the SVB team at our events because they bring a depth of knowledge about startup markets that just doesn't exist from most service providers. And they always treat their founders with respect. And so if you're not banking with Silicon Valley, if you're using, say, a, a traditional retail bank like the one on the corner, there's nothing wrong with those banks. But if you're using that, a traditional retail bank, and you plan to raise venture capital, you need to bank with SVB. Your retail banker might not even know what the heck venture capital is, but SVB team does this day in and day out. This is their specialty. They've worked, they've been through the fundraising process with thousands of startups, and they have additional resources to see you through the process and help you succeed. We love SVB, and we're grateful that they're, that they're supporting the, uh, the Startup of the Year podcast. And so visit svb.com slash next. To learn more, that's svb.com slash next. So Silicon Valley Bank, Ideas Bank here. Thank you, Silicon Valley Bank. We could not do it without you. And uh, now let's listen into one of our conversations with Mr. Mark Cuban. 
just wanted to get your take on, you know, what are you looking to, for as, put your investor hat on, because you're, okay, it's on? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> Got the hat on, okay. Uh, what are you looking for in startups or that are, you know, led by veterans or in the gov tech space? Like, what is, what is it? It's always, it's always the same. I mean, I want something that's unique and, you know, slash differentiated. Right. Something that makes you say, you know, why didn't I think of that? Or it makes right. perfect sense. I'm shocked no one has done it before. Right. Um, that's first. And because those are the easiest to invest in and those move forward the quickest. And then, you know, every now and then you want something that is just a better version um, with a unique element. But typically you want something that's just completely differentiated. Right. And so you probably, and that is across the board, not just the space or. Right, right. Space. You know, for anything. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, for veterans, um, they're used to being disciplined, they're used to working hard, they're used to, you know, process, and that's always good. But sometimes it's a challenge for them to, to let go of the process. And, right. and, and that's what you right. have to do as an entrepreneur. And so, you know, where, you know, I've got a lot of veteran in, um, owned or operated companies, and mm-hmm. sometimes you've got to, you know, get them to just let go, you know, take the, let the left brain take over instead right. of the right brain. They think outside a little bit, yeah. right, with their norm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, as an investor, what annoys you the most with kind of early stage startups? What do you see? that just you're like, oh, this isn't... Um, probably number one is they think raising money is an accomplishment right. or they think that there's a need, there's always a need to raise money mm-hmm. when in reality it's not an accomplishment, it's an obligation. Right. And that the more you can accomplish organically without raising money or raising any more money, the more the company you own. Right. And, you know, it's, it's typically a, a great indication that business is good and things are moving forward. And so, you know, moving away from the let's raise, 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 right. um, or let's try to you know, create metrics that are geared towards investors as opposed to just creating a, a cash flow um, based company. I love it. So you're, you're an advocate for the bootstrap for the beginning. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Sweat yeah. equity is the best equity. Right. You know, if, if you can make it work um, mm-hmm. just off your own, you know, drive and innovation, mm-hmm. that's always going to be the best company. Okay. And so along those same lines, you've started a bunch of different companies. How long do you take that until you finally do some, you know, you're like, okay, now I need to get that investor in there? Um, you go in, until you can't get to the next stage, right? right? Um, and so there, there are ways to run. It really depends, and it's not just that. It, it really depends on your personal goals. Right. You know, some people just don't want to work for somebody else, and right. there's, you know, if they hit a certain income level, that's fine. Right. You know, some people like the freedom. You know, if, the, if you reach a, a success level where you're paying your bills, you're putting some money in the bank, you're saving for your retirement, and you get to spend time with your family, that's a balance that you might not get in a job. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of like you, you know. <laughs> right, you know? Yeah. And, and so. Um, you know, it really depends. You have to really be honest with yourself and understand right. your personal goals, because not everybody is willing to put their entire lives off to the side. That makes sense. And then now, you know, now you're the Dallas Dallas Mavericks owner. Um, you're doing that. That's your main focus. Is it? Is it? Would you say? Or um, no, no. I mean, the Mavs, other than free agency over the summer, the, rep, the right. Mavs pretty much run themselves. Okay. You know, I'm not out there hitting jumpers anymore. You know, <laughs> not that I could. But, you know. Yeah, if they need help, right? Right. I mean, I keep on saying that. They keep right. on not asking. Oh man. But with that, let's say you're out there. Or somebody's listening and they want to someday own a sports franchise, you know, how do you get into that? You if make you're... a lot of money. There's only one way. <laughs> Step make a one. Shitload of money. <laughs> Step one. Usually, make a lot of money. Make a lot of money, and then after that, bid on it on the team that you want. Okay. For, prepare to spend a lot of money. <laughs> prepare to spend a lot of money. So it's an ongoing. It's kind of like owning a boat. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Except that you know your favorite day isn't the day you sold it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So today, what kinds of businesses excite you? Um. 
you know, machine learning, neural networks, um, deep learning, mm -hmm. you know, all the different subsections of AI, um, mm -hmm. computer vision, mm -hmm. and unique applications. Um, you know, a lot of people like to use AI as a buzzword and, mm -hmm. you know, all the other words I mentioned as buzzwords, right. but they don't truly understand how to acquire the data, process data, mm -hmm. um, optimize data, and really apply it. Mm -hmm. And so looking for companies that have a unique application. So how did you learn all that? About, I just spent uh, yeah. the time. You spent the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the beauty of technology is if, if you're willing to put in the time, mm -hmm. you can learn anything. Right. You know, it might take longer for me than some others, but, you know. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Like, back in the day, you had to go to school to do something, or Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, back, back in the day, right? Yeah. But now the internet, it's all there. Well, you know, it's it's there. Um, there's tutorials online. Right. There's Coursera, et cetera. Right. Um, but, you know, I've gone to AWS and just done their machine learning tutorials. I've right. gone online and, you know, watched, you know, the MIT Introduction to Neural Networks. And, and it's just a matter of time and effort. And right. once, once you figure it out, you know, then I'm able to apply it to, you know, with all my business experiences mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and figure out how to put it to use. So if you were to start a startup today, what would it be? Would it be in that space or something else? It'd be something I'm good in, right? Yeah. The, the key to AI and, and making it work is you need, you can have, if you understand um, the basics of AI and how to create something on your own, mm -hmm. then you could apply it to wherever you have domain knowledge. It could right. be Shakespeare, mm -hmm. it could be sports, it could be the military, it could be anything. Right. Okay, just a couple more questions. I know you gotta, you got to run, but uh, you're amazing at uh, productivity. Uh, your productivity hack, I'd love to learn. How do you get back to so many people on email? You're, you are so good at it. I, mean, I, I don't do phone calls or meetings. Right, okay, you know, so everything's email. Yeah, I mean, because that's the only way. I mean, I've got emails going back to the 80s, literally, wow. from CompuServe. Wow. Um, because my memory is not that good. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to find something, I, I want to be able to search for it. Okay. And so that, um, and, you know, in meetings, 99% of how the kids, mm -hmm. where's the Danish, right. you know, the seat's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's there an old school company called Cabletron. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember. Way back mm -hmm. in the day, it was a networking company. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy, it was Tom something or other, and he would not hold, in his conference rooms, there were no seats. Oh. You can only stand had meeting. to stand up, which meant people got through those meetings. Right, it's quick. Like, it was a quick meeting. If yeah. you have to game it just right. like that, and yeah. that's your hack, right? I'm right, like, get it done. Yeah. Torch it, right? I'm just going to go. Let's use email, and you know where where I need to make a phone call or where I need to do something face to face, mm -hmm. I'll do it. Okay, uh, who do you look for for inspiration? Or where do you look for inspiration? Doesn't have to be a who. My kids, I think. Okay. You know, okay. my dad passed away recently, so I used to Sorry. used to um, look to my dad. But um, my kids, because it's it's their world. I want to make sure that they live in a world that that we all like and we mm -hmm. all are proud of. And mm -hmm. you know, they they have a future to look forward to that's better than what we have now. Okay. Final question. Any political aspirations? We'll see. Twenty twenty is coming. Maybe twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, that's thank why you. I came and spoke here because you know someone's got to be there for these guys. Right. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mark Cuban is always so interesting to talk to. So really appreciate it when Mark had a chance to talk to me at, at AFWorks last year. Um, and I love the bit about email. Um, he's so good at email. Um, it sounds like he's leaving it open for 2024, maybe a political run in the future. We'll see. So up next, we've got Mr. Steve Case. Uh, let's listen in what he had to say. So can you share like what kinds of companies you're looking for when you're looking at the different startups that are part of the tour? Well, this, for, for, we've, Relish has multiple groups and one focuses on venture stage, one on growth stage. Rise the rest is really more on the seed stage. So these are you know, early stage companies uh, and we are focused on, in the case of Rise the Rest, on place. So we are not focused on specific sectors. We've invested in all kinds of different uh, enterprise software and food tech and, and space tech and, and all kinds of things. So we're really looking for great entrepreneurs doing great things. 
things just in places where most people are not not uh, not paying attention. Right. And can you share um, some of the most memorable things from this last tour? So you went through three cities in Florida and Puerto Rico. Um, what's your kind of biggest, most memorable things that happened along the tour? Well, some macro things. Florida, obviously, is an important state. It's the third largest state in the country, but it only gets 1.3% of venture capital. By comparison, California gets more than 50% of venture capital. So it just shows you this, the problem we're trying to uh, address. Uh, but in the different city, we started in Orlando, which, of course, is known for Disney World, but also Electronic Arts has more than 1,000 employees there. A lot of things happening around interactive entertainment, a lot of startups in that sector. Then we went to the Space Coast, which 50 years ago kind of helped launch uh, Apollo 11 and, and has obviously been known for a lot of innovation. And we've been we're excited to see some of the bigger uh, space companies like uh, SpaceX and uh, Blue Origin were there, but also dozens of startups focusing on on space. Then we're in Tampa, St. Pete, uh, which is doing some interesting things in a variety of sectors, fintech uh, being, being uh, one of them. Then we went to Miami, which is uh, also looking at a variety of different sectors. It's a really, really more diverse, uh, inclusive uh, innovation community than we see in many parts of the, the country. And then you know, we got on a plane and went to San Juan, Puerto Rico, which you know, is obviously known for some of the challenges of late, particularly the hurricane a couple years ago, uh, but also has a you know, burgeoning startup community. So we wanted to see what was happening there and do what we can to, to help uh, spotlight it, showcase it, celebrate it, and help, help, uh, help it rise further. So the, the burning question a lot of people may have based off of that is, how did the bus get to Puerto Rico? So maybe we could just answer that question once and for all. I got that question a lot when I was on the tour in Orlando. Just share a little bit. How, was it a submarine? Was it a helicopter? Well, no, we did have to abandon our bus in Miami, and we, uh, we chartered a, a different bus in, in San Juan, but did get it wrapped with the Rise of Rest logo because the, the people in, in San Juan, understandably, wanted to feel like a, a real Rise of Rest stop, not not sort of a, a, a something else. So it, uh, it was... It worked, you know, actually, you know, remarkably well. We were, we were pleased to see the enthusiasm, you know, there. We also were with Jose Andres, who's a, you know, well-known chef who's become a great humanitarian and, and led the efforts to feed the, the hungry and the homeless after Hurricane uh, Maria. I think it was four million meals. Is the chef network he put together, uh, you know, kind of was able to, to create. So it was a, it was a great visit, and and we really were struck. There was one startup we met that it, it only was able to raise one million dollars of, of, of capital, but now has a company with a twenty million dollar run rate and expanding rapidly so you know this is just proves that entrepreneurship really is happening everywhere not just in in san francisco and new york city and boston and a few places like that okay can you share a little bit about the your your perspective on the idea of like this inclusive ecosystem so like you guys are going everywhere you're investing in all different you know minority-led teams that you know women-led teams uh, can you share a little bit more about that whole perspective on the ecosystem there? yeah we do think it's important we want to level the playing field in terms of place uh as I, as I discussed, but we also want to level the playing field in terms of, of people. And I mentioned 75% of the capital going to three states. The other data point is over 90% of the you know, venture capital goes to men, less than 10% to women. So uh, we, we're looking for ways to be more inclusive. When we do one of these Rise of Rest tours, we reach out to a lot of different groups and try to get the best startups in each city to come forward, put their put their hands up, and, and, and compete to be in the pitch competition. Last week, we had 540 applications to pitch. We picked the top eight for each of the five cities, so the top uh, uh, 40. And we do make an effort to reach out and make sure it, 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 there's a wide range of communities that are putting entrepreneurs uh, you know, forward. At the same time, we, our, the judges pick the best possible company and really try to you know, kind of make sure as a company that can, can grow rapidly and be a successful investment and also an example of a company that can grow in that city. 
and interestingly, last week four of the of the five winners were women. So it shows you that you if you if you really do make the effort to to reach out, there are great entrepreneurs everywhere. There also happen to be great female entrepreneurs everywhere, and great you know, people of color entrepreneurs everywhere. It just requires uh, a little bit more effort to make sure you really are opening your aperture and and reaching out to you know different networks to make sure you have the widest variety of people and places that bring different business perspectives, technology perspectives, cultural perspectives to bear, which we think is important in terms of you know, driving innovation in the future. Right, and that totally makes sense. Um, and then after the bus leaves, um, what do you what do you want to happen? What do you guys see as like the next step? Well, we're only there for a day, although our team in each of these cities is, is works for six months to lead up to it and, and spend a lot of time building relationships, a lot of time you know, driving kind of you know, collaboration partnerships. Uh, and so when we're there on the ground for that one day, we're just trying to be a catalyst. We're just trying to throw a little, I guess, a little more kerosene on the fire so it burns a little brighter, a little faster than it might have otherwise done. But then we do have a lot of efforts uh, that are following efforts to you know, help do what we can uh, to make sure the community does continue to, you know, kind of rally, does con- continue to collaborate, does continue to, to, to believe in their entrepreneurs, does continue to figure out ways to win the battle for capital and talent, does continue to, you know, to rise up a strong startup uh, community. So ultimately, obviously, comes down to each of the communities, but we do try our team at, at Revolution, both before we're in, in, a, in a city and then after we're in a city, try to do what we can to follow up, including uh, we've hosted uh, three Rise of the Rest summits, where we one one case we brought together 100 uh, community, uh, startup community leaders, another case 100 regional venture capitalists, most recently the 100 entrepreneurs we backed through the Rise of the Rest uh, fund, so there's a lot of efforts beyond the, the tours that, that we have put in place to try to make sure that Rise of the Rest really continues to build as a as a movement and that the cities were visited you know really continue to rise up steve is just helping startups everywhere and blazing the path for investors as well and we really love to work with him on the rise of the rest so thank you steve for joining us on on that episode and i love listening again to hear what he has to uh what he looks for in startups so should be good for any startups out there listening now you know what steve's looking for next up we've got tim draper let's listen into what he has to say You've invested in a lot of different companies over the years, um, a lot of big ones, um, Tesla, SpaceX, Skype, uh, Twitch, you name it. There's a lot. The list goes on and on. Um, wondering, just for our, our, our listeners, what do you look for in the companies that you invest in? So um, for entrepreneurs, um, I'm really looking for where is your true heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing I'm looking for. I, I kind of read people's hearts. I want to make sure that that is all they're really dedicated to doing. Right. Um, and, and so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, I'm looking for an industry that is getting fat and happy because they've been um, running as an oligopoly or a monopoly <laughs> for years. Yep. And, uh, and the service they're providing uh, is not worth the cost that people are paying, but the people have to keep paying it because there's no alternative. Um, those are usually good industries to go after so that, you know, you can come up with your own, the cable business or, or health care, uh, government itself, banking, where we're not getting the service that we deserve for the amount we pay. Um, those are usually good industries to go after as an entrepreneur. And then we like to 
see the entrepreneur using really interesting new technologies to approach those industries uh, with with business models that are somewhat unique. Um, if it's something that a, an entrepreneur tells you about and just as easily you could go do, uh, that's not a good business for us because we just feel like it's too obvious, anyone can do it, not special enough. Um, and, and if it's just an incremental change, um, then it's not enough. Uh, an incremental change isn't good enough because we're really projecting out five to 10 years. We're not projecting six months to a year out. Right. That makes sense. Great. No, that's really helpful. And we just did a little bit of, um, you know, analysis of the companies you've invested in and noticed that you've, you've invested about 50 or more, uh, you know, American startups outside of the big three markets. So not San Francisco, Silicon Valley, New York, Boston. And, you know, it's, are you becoming more active outside of the big three markets now, or is that just companies that you liked and, and found there or, or how are you looking at those secondary markets? Well, I have, um, since say, 1998, 99, I've been a global investor. Right. So I am always looking outside. In fact, um, even back in 1980, well, 1990, I guess, um, I was looking outside the Silicon Valley and Route 128 for, um, for businesses. We set up the Draper Venture Network with right. a bunch of uh, venture capitalists around the country and then eventually around the globe. So, yeah, we um, we expect more than half of our companies to be outside of the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, and probably 30% of our companies that we fund to be outside the U.S. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're very active um, investors uh, anywhere. And my goal is really to be able to easily invest in a startup wherever it may be. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And so what do you, what are the differences that you're seeing between uh, Bay area startups and some of these companies in the secondary markets? Is there anything key that you, you kind of key in on? Yeah. The, um, the cost of an engineer is much lower outside the Bay area. Um, valuations are usually a little bit higher in the Bay area. Um, there are uh, fewer alternatives for the uh, entrepreneur outside the Bay Area, but um, but there are also um, some interesting things. You know, the best businesses are the ones that are just a little bit different from the mainstream. And Bay Area, they're all talking to each other, and so most of what they end up doing ends up being sort of mainstream. Uh, we tend to do better when things are not mainstream, where they're not exactly what uh, people are thinking of or talking about in the Silicon Valley. So, um, so we're we're always open to uh, whatever any entrepreneur has to offer. That makes sense. Um, yeah, where and you know, if you come from Detroit, you're probably very well versed in automotive and uh, and looking at things that are not really uh, tied to the Silicon Valley. And uh, if you're in uh, Chicago, you you probably got a better idea for of what option trading is like. And if you're in New York, you're probably 
well-versed in advertising. So anyway, industry, all sorts of industries are going to be affected where you are. It was great to hear from Tim and all the great investors on this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed that look back in 2019. We had some great guests and we're looking forward to having more great guests in the near future. Um, Before we do that, though, I want to thank one more partner. Um, Most of you probably travel for business um, at some point. And if you do, uh, you definitely want to listen to what American Airlines has to to offer with their business extra program. We're uh, proud partners with American Airlines and let's hear what they have to say. With American Airlines, you can give your company's travel budget a lift. American Airlines Business Extra is a rewards program for companies that can help get the most out of your travel budget. It's free to join with no minimum flight or spend commitments. The more you fly with American Airlines and their partners, the more Business Extra points you earn. Points can be redeemed for round-trip flights, cabin upgrades, Advantage Gold status, Admiral Club memberships or passes, and your employees can continue to earn Advantage miles and your company earns business extra points at the same time. It's a win-win. Doesn't your business deserve something extra? We love what the American Airlines Business Extra program does for our business, and we hope you give it a chance and to check it out, and maybe it can help you guys too. So, well, that was a lot of fun. Um, 2019 was a blur, and uh, we're already into 2020 and uh, almost a month down here. So things are flying by already, and we've got a lot of great interviews ahead, a lot of great startups to cover. And we're looking forward to big things in 2020. So thanks so much for listening and being a part of the Start of the Year podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and uh, look forward to future episodes having you back. I'm Frank Gruber, and this is the Start of the Year podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Start of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.